0: Get ready for the Organically Blunt Show, the podcast that dives deep into the world of cannabis with real informative conversations. Whether you're a seasoned smoker or just curious, light up and join the conversation. Let's get organically blunt. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Organically Blunt Show. I am Jay Blaze, your host. And this morning, I have the honor and opportunity to talk with Jeremy from Build-A-Soil. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Definitely. It is a complete honor to have you here. You know, um, I've been talking with you for a while here. We got the soil prepped. I got it in the tote. It's been cooking for a while here. We came out with a short video on it and um, I haven't put the avocado in there yet. I don't personally eat them and unless it's in Mexican food. So I don't like just bite one like an apple or nothing like that. So I haven't gotten one yet, but I am going to the store this morning and I will probably end up putting one in there and watching the worms. Cause it's crazy. The uh, worms castings you sent us from Colorado. I can't even say it this morning. Colorado worm company still had worms in the bag when we got it.
1: Oh man. I believe it. Yeah. It's a great company. Hey, hold on, just one second. I got. I'm here early with you, and I have employees already knocking on the door because I don't know what I'm doing. I want to make sure they all know, right. so I can. stay. No close. problem. Take your time. Give me one second, bro. Sure. Hey, I'm here early for the live stream, so I can't talk. So whatever builds, and then just put it down. And- okay, I'm gonna hang it. Yeah. And I'll be
0: up. All right, now I was just I was asking you, uh, you want to jump up to me, open? It's, it's asking
2: for comments after we're done with this. Not three, I've done. Not three, it's fine. Okay, we do
1: a comments then. Yeah. Okay. It's all good, bro hey man sorry about that i know it's a lot you know recording i didn't want to do that but good. kind of make sure everybody's
2: right. lined up right. and that's they're making
0: right. soil which is what we're talking about it's important definitely definitely you know so you know i got i, I put the crap blend in i put the worm castings in you know i went through and kind of screened it i know you know a lot of people don't do that you know like we talked about but you know I wanted to get a lot of the root mass out of there because I am using it indoors versus a lot of people that have it, they're reamending for outdoor soil. A lot of people do indoor, like like yourself, and it's getting to be more popular, especially amongst the community that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so let's let's dig right in. I mean, let's do I it. got it I got it baking here, you know. I, it's going to be going into the containers. I, I'm waiting on a few things for the tent, you know. I just... I'm very OCD on this run, like I want cleanliness. So I went yeah. through and I, I'm, I found a great company that made some custom mounts for the fans because I run AC Infinity fans. And 3D or dinner. I, yep, they're 3D printed, oh. and we're gonna be, we're gonna be introducing them here in the upcoming week. Here, I'm supposed to get one tomorrow, so hopefully it comes on time. It, it comes out of Canada, so I'm waiting on all that fun shipping stuff, you know, and uh, yep. but. Long story short, we're going to be using the, uh, rain science grow bags, um, seven gallon, and I'm putting them on the AC infinity, uh, self-watering basis. I just want to try them out this time, you know, something different, something new, something to show the audience, you know, um, AC infinity didn't have any part of it, anything here. So I want to, I want to let people know that that came all out of my own pocket. I don't, I'm not endorsed by them. So definitely, uh, You know, and we're going to be putting them in the five by five. And, you know, like you mentioned, the way we're reamending things because you were under the anticipation we were doing a larger container. Um, No, we are doing it smaller on a smaller scale, but I feel that it'll be great for getting the information and the knowledge out to the audience to teach them on a small scale that it's still doable and you can still reamend your soil even on the small side of things.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, so when I first started, I mean, I think I saw a post the other day from Miss Green Dreams, who was um, part of the beginning of the LOS forum that we made together, which is this livingorganicsoil.org. And that was when the forums were kind of disbanding. And a lot of the organic growers that were known in each of the forums were just, we're having too many arguments with the outside group and we're getting kicked and banned and people, you know, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. And so then the whole group of us would go to one place and then the other. And so the living organic soil was kind of created as a place for us to hang out. And then I, I had started to build a soil, so I just didn't have time for it. But in that was five gallon, like Home Depot buckets with cover crop raging and plants, healthy cannabis plants in the middle of it all. And Gaskanistan at the time um, used a lot of that Oldie Mountain compost, but would also go wild harvest the forest. And then Koot came in and he was sharing his recipe and there was Microbe Man. And so I tried it all. I had already built um, Super Soil from Subcool and I had basically taken my warehouse. I had like a shop on my property. I was super lucky. I was renting this place. The guy before had a shop kind of disconnected and that became like my workshop. The beginnings of Build-A-Soil where I had a tarp and I can't tell you, I'd mix some of these recipes. I'd come back in and open the soil. And there'd be like a snake or a lizard, like shit that I'd wow. never seen on my property. <laughs> they would come find that organic goodness. And some of my first recipes included wild harvesting in the forest. And we don't teach that a lot because I don't want everybody driving out and just taking everything from the forest. But right. for the most part, when it's done responsibly, and you start to see that fungal life develop in your soil and mushrooms growing, you're like, I get it. There's a lot going on here. And so with all of that, there's so many thoughts about this living soil process and the build a soil way has become a a phrase that we use because there's certain choices we make. And so you mentioned one of them, we recommend a larger container size. We've noticed that most people, including yourself, they're very against this for whatever reason. They're like, (laughs) no, I'm going to try, you know, it's fine. This is big enough. What we see is it's it's three, four, five times harder in a smaller container based on our style. It doesn't mean it's not doable. As I mentioned, five gallon was kind of like the beginning and they were doing more recycling at the time and Mountain Organics, Blue Jay Way, he started doing a lot more no-till. A lot of us were just keeping our soil because we'd invested so much into it. And instead of dumping it and screening it and like remixing it or anything, we would just keep it in there. And so because the goal was to keep it as a no-till, we all started going up a lot larger in container size when you're recycling, certainly you can keep it a little bit smaller. Um, but part of the goal of keeping it forever is to not deplete the soil and to not have to be so good at feeding, like just to not be in control anymore. The plant's in control, the soil's working in, in harmony with that plant. And now we're kind of shedding that white lab coat and we're putting on the overalls and we're saying, all right, I'm now your herder. I'm your shepherd. I will do whatever you say, but I will not be fully in control. And there's, a disconnect there that some people don't like where it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm not control. Right. Cause pot size is super important <clears throat> and there's some confusion out there. We have our, our feeding schedule. We never wanted to have a feeding schedule. That's <laughs> that Most of us go in smaller containers. And so then it makes sense to have, like when we first started, compost tea was like the go-to like, if you have a problem, compost tea, if you don't have a problem, compost tea. <laughs> and so we would teach how to make your own brewers. And then we started getting into microscope work and dissolved oxygen levels. And at the end of the day, a lot of this just worked. You didn't have to be perfect. And that buffer of container size makes it easier. But um, at the end of the day, when you go to a big container, water only becomes very achievable without issues towards the end. But in a seven gallon, one of the primary things I want the viewers to be aware of is that it's still totally doable but what we should do is flip to flower potentially earlier than we normally would and that'll ease the pressure and the one okay. thing missing in my opinion um when you're in living soil the fresh the root tip that's pushing through the soil at that sloughing off point where like the new root tip is growing cells and, and pushing through that seems to be where the root can pick up nutrients easier so as they have more soil The biology is releasing it and the roots can go get whatever they want whenever they want it but when we start to get into a smaller container if we veg to a point where it's bigger than the container before we flip the flower those roots don't have the same amount of ability to stretch into new food as they do for the canopy to be twice as big as the root zone and so when we're in a big container it can stretch the roots can stretch and all of that nutrition is all assimilated without issue so just be prepared if you over veg a little bit or maybe that setup with the sub irrigation works so well your plants are growing so fast just be cognizant of that that you want to flip the flower early enough and it should okay. be totally simple definitely now to viewers up to speed because I'm guessing they've already watched your previous episode where you mixed some of this together right because I yeah, know. yeah,
0: we, we we've got you know we don't we're not huge yet. We're one of the smaller podcasts. I no, it's fine. I, but we were thanks to the support, everybody. We are about to hit 450 subscribers. Hopefully today. Oh yeah, that's um, awesome. I built everything with these two hands, just like you did with your soil. You know, I'm I, digging in, and uh, I you know, I I've got almost I think about almost 190 views on that video. So almost half my subscribers have They've watched seen it, it. Yeah. So bring me up
1: this week because we sent some stuff out and like you mentioned, I was under the impression we're going to be big containers and I really wanted you to see the experience. But at the end of the day, I'm like, look it, I just want more people to experience the joy of making their own soil. And so you told me, hey, you had some soil. Instead of discarding it, you wanted to keep it. And so remind me what soil you started with that you're now
0: recycling. Well, we had a year uh, agreement last season with uh Costa main soil and awesome. we uh met up with one of the reps i did personally right here in town he was from my area mm-hmm. and um he's like he pulled out his personal credit card and he went and bought me five bags to get me started you know so i used their stonington blend and i i put it to use and then they sent me a little bit more throughout the year you know on a pallet to my driveway here and Somehow something happened and the rep moved away. So I, our I, I deal lost and I couldn't find soil anywhere. This is why I came up with this idea because I always use my reuse, we reuse our soil outside and that's what I know. I'm an outdoor grower coming yep. into mean, indoor. And uh, I said to myself, I said, man, I keep throwing these bags away. So that's waste. I said, I keep throwing the soil away, but yet, I live in a housing community and it's legal and I have my medical here too. And, but I was so, you know, kind of hidden. Like I didn't want people to know. And yeah, you don't like, want to get ripped or whatever, just because it's legal right, doesn't right, mean there's no right. if You've got some fire. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I live in a, a gated housing community essentially is what people would call it. And yeah. cheers to everybody out there. And um, definitely, you know, I, uh, I was like, man, okay, I'm going to go up to my local grocery shop. I'm going to get my soil where I normally do. And I was always, after, you know, after they kind of cut ties, I was like, well, where am I going to get my soil? I'll go back to where I was getting it before I had the deal. This shop, you know, I support local. And I go to my local town here, which is an agricultural town. And it's very small, a lot of Amish-based. And I, I'm like, okay, cool, you know. I pull in the parking lot, and then I forgot they, they're stoners. They, they they operate on stoner hours, is what I call it. They don't open till 11 o'clock, and it's 9.30 in the morning. And I'm like, ah, oh, what am I going to do for the next hour and a half? So I drive around. I come back. Still not open. So I wait a few days. I come back. They closed up shop. Wow. And uh, I couldn't find soil anywhere. So I, I go to the next one, which is out by our mall in the next city. And I'm like, hey, you know you guys got any Fox farm? Cause that's the only brand I personally know and yeah. I'm familiar with, cause it's what I used all of them years before at the Maine. And I'm like, well, okay. And they're like, no, we don't have any of that. We have some pro mix bales stuff. You got to mix up. And I'm like, I don't know any of that stuff. I'm like, I just need something I can put in a pot and I can go. And, I'm uh, and you know, then, you know, I started coming across you guys and I, I built a soil and I'm, been following you guys for about two years now, and uh, I was like, "Well, I like what they do, but I can't find any of this stuff." And I know shipping's going to be an arm and a leg. And I'm like, "What am I going to do?" I'm like, "Places are closing up locally. I need to hold on to what I have and figure out how to reuse it." And that's when I came across you guys, and I reached out to you, and here we are. I love it. That's really good for me to hear because yeah,
1: definitely. You know i think you can reuse any of the soil and hearing that you started with coast Maine is great when we were starting on the forums there was only a few companies that were recommended and what i mean by that is not for the soil but for the compost we were all online and we realized quickly that if you're talking hydroponics or soilless you could essentially be east coast and west coast get on the phone or on a on a you know zoom or something and say okay what's your water are you ro what's your ph What container size, what's your environment like? What nutrients are you using? Okay. Now we're apples to apples. Let's talk growing, but when you talk organic, you're like, yo, go grab some local compost mix it up at one third or something. And then you're like, well, my results aren't like yours. You're like, well, where'd you get the compost? I don't know. Some guy on Craigslist. You're like, well, I want, I hope it's good. You know? And so it just, that was the one factor that if you told someone they may not get the same results. And right. after I started building build a soil, I realized all the compost around here, I worked with the guy locally to make our living soil in the beginning, and he had beautiful compost piles, but they were terrible as far as what we needed, what we were looking for. It's good for local, but most of the local stuff is similar to what's already out here. Alkaline soil, um, a lot of times it's just ground up wood chips that are uh mixed in with a manure or other things and a lot of that comes from the same scraped off the same alkaline soil and so it had a lot of bicarbonate it didn't have the balance that we were looking for and when i started using premium compost whether i had to import it or not the soil just started to work and you'd get the results that you're talking about for living soil so coast of maine was high on the list if you're on the east coast they're like yo reach out for their lobster compost it's good stuff yeah at that time was also saying look at when you're building your soil add some crustacean meal (laughs) which is because it comes with calcium and they're made of chitin which is fungal food and it made sense and i'm like well they've already got lobster compost but i've never you know it's east coast and so we never really worked with it with build a soil but from what i understand you're starting with a great soil we did a youtube series called soil wars where they tried all the different soils for outdoor hemp and build a soil i think took first and second i was really impressed i didn't know what was going to happen i was kind (laughs) of anxious about it but i remember coast of maine did really well too and so, yeah, you're starting with a great base to recycle, and then to that we sent you those what the premium, the Colorado Worm Company castings, which are some of our most nutrient dense. Had some worms in there. Yeah, what I hear from you, so that's killer. What
2: Definitely. else? So how many
0: gallons did you have? You mixed it in a tub, right? We did. Um, roughly. Uh, I, yeah, I got the tote right here, but um, I did. Um, together I put in seven five-gallon pots. Okay. Um. Minus the root balls, I broke everything down on a tarp Yep, out on my deck on a nice day. We finally had a weather break, just like we do today. And uh, you know, we're 30 degrees warmer than we are yesterday. Michigan is so crazy with weather. You know, yesterday oh, yeah. it was snowing and it was the first day of spring in the morning. It was snowing and in the afternoon we hit 40s. Today we're hitting 50s. Tomorrow we'll probably be in the 30s again. So it's just it's just crazy, but I got out there and I laid the type out. I put the toad on there and I'm like, well, okay. You know, and I don't, ha- I didn't have a tripod. I got a tripod now. So the videos will be getting better guys. I won't be holding the phone as much um, and doing things one handed or pausing to try to show steps or whatever. So it'll get better. I promise you. And, and you got to work with me there. But, uh, so I put together a small video, you know, and I'm trying to get these root balls out of my, um, out of my grow bags, but my root systems were so great. They literally formed a crust on both sides where they sandwiched the bag basically in middle of roots. And my buddy's like, well, how are you gonna get them out of there? I said, I don't know, but I can't get them out. I said, but I'm shaking them. So I kept pausing the camera and I'm finally, he's like, why don't you just use a wire brush like a parts cleaning brush? And that's just a little grow hack. You don't gotta scrub hard. I just did it over after they were dried out. A little bit and they came right out and then i you know i shook them in there and uh i got all the roots out and then i put in the worm casting castings the whole bag just like you said and i dug in there and got in there and then i seen the worms and i i got excited you know when yeah. worms make me excited worms and ladybugs not so much praying mantis they kind of scare me uh, yeah. but hey uh each to their own and uh I seen them, and I had to get that on the camera, and um, so then I put that in there, and then I I went to, according to your measurement of basically oh, I want to I'd have to go back and double check. Okay. But but I uh, I went off your measurements and I put in a roughly I think it was close to like six and a half cups of the craft uh, the, better soil like craft mm-hmm. blend 3.0, and I mixed it all in there, and it's been sitting in here and. I checked it this morning and there's still some worms in it. I'm going to add a few more. But um, like I said, we're going to be getting ready to put that hopefully in the pot soon. Um, And that's where we're at right now, you know, and then comes germination. I'm doing some things a little bit different this time. I'm going to be trying some things that are new to me because I've always been the paper towel guy. Paper towel, put it in the Ziploc baggie. You know, and as weird as it sounds, you build a little humidity out your breath, your breath. You blow a little bit in the bag and then plate it. You put it on top of the refrigerator with a bucket over it or in a dark drawer or something like that, even though refrigerators don't really build heat like they used to. Um, You know, uh, and you put it somewhere and you germinate it. Well, now I bought, I know it's not necessary and I found out a few things. You know, I'm just trial and error in it, trying to show different things. I bought a... uh humidity dome kit with the propagation tray. And um, I reached out to a company, which I will be debuting them soon, um, who makes organic plugs, all organic. And I want to try popping them, the seeds into the plugs and, versus the napkin. I'm going to do both and see which one it sprouts faster. I just got a curiosity for myself. And, no. um, and then we're going to go from there I'm basically going to take them plugs or what you would some people would basically look at as like a clone, but it's from seed. And I would take that and I'm going to put that right into our seven-gallon Rain Science grow bags direct. I'm not going to transplant. I'm going in right in like I do with my autos. I'm going right into the final container and. We're gonna, we are gonna. I have these. I'm not going a big scrog net, but we're going. I found these metal like grate things at Menards for like tomatoes, but they, they call them grow through grates, and they're like a scrog net, but they're they're not metal metal. They're, I don't know how to explain it, but they're green and they come with three stakes, and I'm gonna use them to help support them and scrog them out because I I haven't really done a lot of scrogging. I've always been an LST clip, kind of widen your base type guy versus actually, you know, tying it to the, to the bag or anything. I, I, I've kind of jumped on that 3D printing uh, products that are available for the grow industry, and I'm just playing with different things, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, that, that got put into there. But, yeah, we're going to basically scrog them out. And then eventually, I think right before flower, I do have a 5x5 scrog nut. Hopefully, I don't break my back too much. Crowing around because I can only get to my tent from two sides. Um, And uh, I'm going to put that in there and hopefully try to fill it out a little bit. So that's where we're at there. And um, I do have a a Milwaukee Instruments uh, brand new in the box. I've had it for about a year. I'm guilty. I don't really test pH a whole lot when it comes to soil, if at all. I'm guilty. I'm kind of a lazy grower there. But I have I have a blue lab for an, EC and pH, and then I also have my Milwaukee three-in-one probe kit for the soil pH. That I'm what I would like to at least get a standard reading, maybe not every watering, but a standard reading of what I would like to do just for fun is I would like to pH each soil direct in the pot before I do anything with it, just to show where everything is sitting. Okay. And. Then I talked to um, Jeffrey lowenfels and he told me about this kit that I can get for testing the soil and different things, and he said it's almost instantaneously. You can do it right in your home, and it's got a smart app. I, I don't remember the name off the top, but I'll have to go back and look in our emails. And mm-hmm. I'm going to probably reach out and try to get one of those because I feel that learning this stuff myself firsthand and then re-educating it is gonna be the way to go for me because that's how I am learning firsthand and re-educating at the same time. So we're all learning together. So it's gonna be a learning process for me. I'm not very scientific. So I don't know all the lingo or the words but or or measurements or what we gotta do. I'm very small town, but I definitely want to show what results I can with what equipment I have available to me I think it's important I think
1: when people are starting they see all this knowledge that they feel like they might have to have and it's not true you know if you get good soil and you plant the plant you're going to get good results I can't say the same for Hydro you know if you start Hydro and you mess up a big feed or there's a watering issue or something it could be catastrophic but in soil you're new and you have a container size that works and you don't just ignore it for a week i mean you're going to succeed that's what's so great about this you're going to have a yeah. hard and of course you're experienced so I'm, I'm positive you're going to do well but um at the end of the day the one of the things that we teach like we read a book called uh the intelligent gardener by steve solomon and he goes really into soil testing and discusses a lot of it but from that i think it just helps you understand that there is some sort of math or some sort of balance these nutrients that are in there but through that just like compost tea a lot of us went really deep on it trying to control every little milligram of nutrient and at the end you come out thinking you know these soil tests are great especially if you notice that there's a problem that you can eliminate but trying to perfect it off of the soil test beyond just getting in balance i think is a lot more challenging and is a little bit of a a fool's errand and each time you make an adjustment it's like a rubik's cube it starts to change And so I think, better to get it in a larger, a a good size container in a balance that's healthy. And the soil will take care of the rest with the plant. And so in that book, the Steve Solomon one, he has a, he teaches what he calls the complete organic fertilizer. And he basically says, look, if you want to mix a few amendments together to make sure your garden's going to do well, this is how you make it complete. And you're likely to have really good results. And that's as simple as it needs to get. We don't have to have you know, a one cup with a 10 pound plant with perfect leaves. It's like, we just need to have that fire and it doesn't always need to be perfect to get there. And when we mix the soil, um, we have a report at build You can go to the blog at the top and there's a report. You like type your email in and it sends it to you. It says complete how to make your own complete organic fertilizer. This way you don't have to awesome. buy anything from us. You can go to your local shop and figure it out. You may already have the amendments but it teaches you kind of like a human where you say, well, to have a complete meal, I probably need a protein and a salad. And you know, like people at least know how to eat. We know when we're not eating healthy, we know when we're eating healthy, but for a plant, you're like, well, how do I know it's eating healthy? And so that free report gives you the complete organic fertilizer breakdown. And it's pretty simple. We really want a seed meal of some sort, because we're not using a lot of like blood meals and a lot of these slaughterhouse wastes that are approved for organic use, but they don't come from organic farms. And so we use seed meal. And that is like, if you're eating vegetarian or vegan, like the seeds and the nuts and all that, that's a lot of nutrition. So at least people know like, oh, there's a lot of nutrition in the seed. That's why we feed it to animals. So we feed the soil, the seed meal. Most of the soil we're talking about has a seed bank in there from all the weeds that build up the fertility that eventually build up into a higher forest. So we use seed meal Then we need a really good calcium source a phosphorus source and some trace minerals. So in that report it tells you how to mix a few amendments you might have together and know that when you mix it in the soil and you're not doing it excessively, you're going to have really good results. And so what you did in your tub was you took recycled soil that was likely depleted cause you'd already grown in it. Yep. And then at that point we added fresh worm castings in, which are full of nutrients. We added the craft blend, which is our version of the complete organic fertilizer, but it's got 15 um, uh, ingredients. So it's very diverse, has lots of rock dust for trace minerals and kelp. And then it has phosphorus sources. It has the seed meals and it has a variety of calcium sources. So essentially we're just following the protocol. You mix it in the soil, just like you did. I'm positive you're going to have really good results. And definitely. when people go to build a soil and they order a bag of soil, like you may have done had that hydro store, that growth shop been open, you bypass this part where you really get to experience making the soil and then see how healthy the plant is. And I think it permanently changes your mind to go, okay, I literally just mixed some castings and some stuff in there. I didn't do math on a calculator and it worked very well. And so now the math on the calculator comes into play. Like if you're commercial, and you have high sodium or high bicarbonate or you know one of the nutrients is way out of whack the soil test will show you but when you're at home you can just read your plants and a lot of times right. if i've overdone it i'll just throw some cover crop in there and the cover crop will now fix the soil it it drinks the excess water so if you're overwatered, cover crop helps it balances the nutrients and then you can just chop it drop it and the worms will eat it it's like it's so simple and a lot of us over it because it's something we're so passionate about like even you you're like i want to screen the soil and all these things because we care we want to make sure that the next few months of our efforts are going to provide like rewards for it and so definitely everything you're doing makes sense to me That seven gallons think- with the rain science the only thing that i consider with those i don't like those bags for our style i think they're a great uh, bag they breathe a lot and in living soil okay. we don't want that dry down as much from sure. the outside so you'll notice the grassroots living soil pots, they're actually closed off around the sides and only open at the bottom for the air. Uh, so just keep that I've, in mind when yep. you're in, I think you're going to beat that, though, because you're in the self-wicking container. I think that's going to help. But just make sure that you're cognizant in that seven gallon. Like, is it really drying out on those sides or is it keeping its moisture? Right. Um, yep. And that's something I've, that
0: will be of help. So I've seen a couple people and... I've came across a couple of the mother bags, like the grassroots bags or or whatever you call them. I'm not familiar with the brand, and I don't notice that they do have that metal liner. It's almost like a Saran wrap in there. And I've actually seen people use Saran wrap on the outside
1: to That's help. That's why maintain. it came. Yeah,
0: people were Saran yep. wrapping the outside. Like in Colorado, yep. it's dry out here, so some
1: people were like, "Ooh, I'm, it's drying out. It's dry out." It's a smaller containers, so they would wrap it in plastic. And so there Definitely. was um, a guy a consultant in the community that eventually worked with grass suits to, uh, grassroots to line those. And then now it's became one of their flagship products. It's the living soil container because I living soil guys were hard to please. And so anything yep. that makes us happy became like a, a good product. And that is a food grade BPA free plastic that they line it with. Um, okay. But really we're just trying to
0: keep the moisture in there so that the yep. biology is active. Yeah. The biology- I do have a. I do have a question in the audience here that I wanted to address. Captain Black asked if male root balls affect my chop and drop. I'm not, I personally don't know, but thinking logically, I wouldn't think the sex would in the root ball would have anything to do with any of that. Honestly.
1: Nope. Nope, It's not going to affect anything. So when we're talking about just decomposing organic matter at the end of the day, we're talking cellulose chitin, you know, just the most basic building blocks um, and when we're adding specialty amendments, we're looking for some of their secondary properties, like the medicinal compounds that these plants make and taking advantage of some of them. So there's neem cake and Karanja cake, and there's mustard seed meal, and there's all these special ones that have unique secondary compounds they make, but the primary is just, they're going to be organic matter. And so you root all in a larger container, as it's just left in there decomposes into more organic matter the worms break it down the other thing is when you're no-tilling and you're not reamending, that root ball leaves some structure and yep. when you're in a five gallon the root ball is like the whole thing when you're in a big container the root ball never becomes a ball right shoot out everywhere and it doesn't become so like iron locked in there and so you know it's, it's easy to just plant next to it or twist the stock pull it out plant right back in the same spot
0: Definitely, definitely. Captain's got a lot of good questions here. He's asking this morning. He said, does back, does back, I'm guessing back, you know, back dry, back hurt, uh, living soil, if you reamend, yeah, dry back with fish shit for microbes out. Okay. So dry back is one of those things that I don't encourage a full dry back,
1: but I do like to have this ebb and flow. I feel like it's natural. I don't try and keep it just perfectly locked in. Some of the automatic watering will keep it pretty dialed in and drip. And all these other processes have proven that keeping it in an optimal moisture range will increase yields and plant health. So the living soil way is to target a more even moisture level than to have a big dryback. But the next thing is he mentioned using some sort of fish product. Um, I think that the waste of the fish, I avoid that typically. And the main reason why is I don't believe in farmed fish. I don't like eating them. I think they're bad. I don't like the farmed salmon they typically feed GMO corn the the farmed fish indoors in like these um aquaponic grows and things like that that they use a lot of the waste from they feed them dog food a lot of the times because it's cheap wow and I'm just like man I don't really want that type of fish no. product I'd rather use the ground up fish as liquid fish or right. worm castings but at the end of the day if we had a good source of fish waste and we're using it, the biology is going to be abundant. And a dryback's not going to completely kill it; it'll ramp back up to life. But what we don't want to do is like kill the biology, bring it back. Kill the biology, bring it back. It just yeah. we're kind of chasing our tail. And that's where a bigger container eliminates those swings, makes it easier to keep it in a target range. <clears throat> but when you're using the methodology that comes from hydro, like dryback periods. It's fine because you can flush and you can feed in living soil. If we dry back too much, we're hurting the biology, but we're also yep. raising the soluble nutrient level in there because there's less water and the same amount of nutrients and you can get a little tip burn. So I prefer like we have these EcoWit moisture meters and it's not going to make a ton of sense, but I'm targeting around 35% moisture on this little meter. And when okay. I first water, it might go up to 40%. And when I wait as long as possible, it might go down to like 25%, but I never go lower or higher. It just stays right in this range. And so on a scale of one to 10, you know, 10 being there's just sopping wet and one being totally dry, it seems like most of us are try- trying to stay in that like four to seven range as opposed to getting too much dry back. Um, you'll hear a concept called crop steering and guys that are even using like blue mats or other automatic watering, they're actually adjusting them to get little phases of dry back. Okay. at the very end of flower, pulling it back a little bit so it's not fully saturated. So I would Definitely. say don't worry about it if it happens, but I wouldn't focus on the Build-A-Soil
0: way. We don't focus on drybacks. So. Right, right. Definitely, you know, and I, I've talked to my buddy, Northern Scrogger. You know, he uses he's using the Blue Mat system in his new setup, and he introduced me to it. And we're going to be going that route eventually, like me and okay. you talked. You know, after this run, I am jumping into a bigger container, guys. I'm going to be going into a 3 by 10 grassroots living soil bed Sick. in the 5 by 5 And well, I am so excited. Yeah. So so
2: you're going to yeah.
1: see the 7-gallon. And you're going to get great results. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But you're going to quadruple your results with half the effort when you go to that big container. It's going to in mind. Now, it's scary because a lot of people are like, man, that's a lot of soil. And what if something yeah. happens? And you mentioned yep. I can only access... The tent from two sides and that's pretty normal sometimes yeah. only one side and so one of the things that a a build a soil a living soil type grower needs to kind of shed is this desire when you're newer to have this perfect little three gallon or five gallon and be able to take it right out set it on the kitchen counter and spin it around and take a leaf off and look at it take pictures with it and then go put it back and while that's fun it comes at a cost and that cost yep. is this big battery of soil that would produce phenomenal flavor and yield. And so I would rather crawl around once or twice a grow and get in there, and it's a pain in yep. the ass. But I've just deleted the thought that I need to move the plant, and my new world is the plants stay there. And whether it's okay. a 30 gallon or a four by four bed and it's scrog screened out with a scrog, you can't move anything. But when you do have a scrog you can clean up the lowers and now you don't have to worry about it most of the rest of the grow so there's no reason once you get that done to really get in there and you'll be fine so um I notice all these little things right because I like a teacher you have the students come into class each year and all of the new people and they're just wide-eyed just like I was I still am where you're like I'm gonna see weed grow I'm gonna taste it I'm gonna smoke it I'm not gonna buy it I'm gonna have full jars I'm gonna live in abundance Yep. And then we all make similar decisions. Um, and that's one of them, being able to move the plant. It's like this last thing that people can't let go of. And I feel like that's why sometimes they're like, whoa, why would I go to a bigger container? How am I going
0: to move it around? Right. 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 It's kind of like, I hate to put it in perspective, but this is my perspective here. It's <laughs> kind of like you're, you're, uh, how do I be, how do I say it without being stereotypical? Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I guess it's like. Finished. <laughs> uh, I know. Okay. Um. Y- you guys remember the movie Legally Blonde? Yeah. You know how she carried the little dog around in her purse? That's how people yeah. treat their plants. You know, they're like, oh, look yeah. I got this. Yeah. It's like the best yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Every yeah. one of us, I think, can
1: connect to the, the passion that these plants produce. Anyone that's ever yeah. grown it, I don't care if it's just a backyard plant that you really never intended on doing again or if this is something you do 24 7, 365. There's this captivation to the the frost starting to develop and the odors starting to come in. Oh yeah. And these plants are so unique that it's it's almost impossible Absolutely. not to get kind of sucked into that whole world. And when you get into that bigger container, you're just going to notice that it's easier. And so I can't wait to see you go through this one and then keep following along as you go into a bigger bed. And that's really the story. That's the evolution
0: of yep. the living soil grower from all of us go through this, this process. So. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's like, it's like you got, it's like you're a baby fish and you just got to swim your way there because and, and as you go, you learn different processes, you adapt them, you figure out what works for your environment. Yep. Everybody's is different. You know, mine here, you know, today, uh, let me look here. It's, it's uh roughly 38% humidity inside today. Um, outside of the tents and everything. That's just yeah, yeah. like in the zone. Yesterday, it was 23 in here. You know, I mean, we get that fluctuation because of our weather. It's so crazy <laughs> here. And and definitely, like you said, Captain, it, it is great for stress. Um, It is the best stress reliever. When I come home and I can open my tent and I see my babies, it's like a, pl- it's just like the pet, you know, you're like, oh, yay, you know, but a lot of times you got to remember and I'm learning this, especially when it comes to tents. You don't always want to go in there every day because you disturb yes. the environment once it's dialed in. And then it's got to work back to get it dialed back down to the numbers you wanted at so it can sit where it needs to be. So you yeah. kind of come every couple of days, you know,
1: when you start automating and you have a graph showing your environment on your yep. phone, you can look at it you go, wow, what happened? Oh, that's when I was opening the tent. Maybe I shouldn't be in there every day tinkering with every little thing all the time. Just kind of keep it exactly to this point where you're interacting a little bit less and the bigger container and the living soil style totally allows that. And then you can keep the environment, which is so important. The grow light, the humidity, the temperatures, those are all the weakest links that are to be focused on along with good genetics. And the rest just is easy. Like if the genetics are right and the environment's right, the soil doesn't have to be perfect and you'll get really good results and if the soil is really dialed in it just becomes one of those you know favorite runs where it's like in winter when everything's so easy to keep temperature and it's just like man that was a good run i love it and a lot of that's related to the environment being easy to manage on one of those runs or sometimes in the dead of summer even with grow lights operating at night you have these big humidity swings and temperature swings it makes drying harder it makes all of it harder and so um living soil can help but there's still all these skills and I almost compare it to like cooking or like Clackamas Coot he taught me to make bread because he wanted me to understand wow. that the biology in there the simple single cell fungus the yeast that's producing that at a 10 degree different temperature creates a different response in the growth of the starter and it creates a different texture in the bread and what's so neat is you, he turned me on to what's called no need bread where you don't need it you don't do anything you just trust the biology and you give it more time and it does all of it on, on its own. And then you have artisanal ones that it's kind of like the water only would be no need bread. You just mix the ingredients you Don't touch it. And then you bake it. But the artisanal guys are like, no, you must fold it 10 times this way, 10 times this way, wait 10 minutes, fold it, beat it, fold it four hours later, take it. And so, and what's so cool is the average person would taste both breads and say, they're both phenomenal way better than I buy in the store teach me any one of these methods and I will be so happy with the flavor I'm getting. But when you've been doing it a while, I mean, there's this romance to like, okay, I want to try and fold it five times, do everything the guy says and see, is it really that much different? And there are, there's nuances like the inside might be wider holes, better crumb that the the crust might be slightly better, but to the average person eating, you know, regular loaves of bread at the store, they're all going to be good. And so Definitely. when you go to living soil, there's guys that are doing all this crazy stuff and special teas and all these additives. And there's other guys that are like, fuck that, the no need, the no-till, just the water-only, don't fuck with yep. it. We're plenty good for me.
2: And it produces Definitely.
1: 9.9% as good of results. Um, and so there's okay. just a lot of considerations here. But I, don't, I think on this round, don't overthink it and then reach out to me if you've overgrown the seven. And we'll talk
0: about keeping up with it. Otherwise, if you take
1: long time, it's going to be just a walk in the park.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. You know, we're we're putting your guys' recipe essentially with the coast, the main soil, up against the pro mix, up against the soil Hume. and we're just gonna see who can what it what they can do. You know, and plain and simple. And soil Hume says that they're water only from from seed to harvest. I've heard different results from different people, but we're gonna put nothing, them us.
1: There's nothing in the world that's guaranteed water only. I know
0: I know this so I just don't
1: say that about our soil because if you grow a 10 foot plant in a one you know an eight ounce cup it's no longer water only and so I think the goal could be to to offer a water only type mix but um I mean if you're an athlete someone could say hey you only need to eat this one protein shake a day and that's your food (laughs) I go run a marathon a day do I need more yes so there's no one size fits all right Um, however any of these soils could be water only if you give it a 100 gallon container and you flip the flower easy right so yeah yeah <laughs> it's just yep. i just think it's important that when people hear water only a lot of times it's timing environment and container size because if you flip the flower after vegging for 3 months in a 2 gallon you're going to have to feed there's just no way around it and so that's right. why we have a feeding schedule it's for when people kind of overshoot the mark otherwise i prefer basically water only it's I mean certainly I run a business and at home I've got to grow right now the last 10 years 24 7 365 I've had to grow it's my favorite thing to do when I come to work I check on the grow here for YouTube when I get home I check on my personal grow because I want to see how they're doing and at home because I'm so busy and because I've already got the grow that I'm really tending to here for YouTube I have to make it easy so at home I've got a four-by-eight bed I throw a few plants in it at a time in one side or I'll keep it perpetual and I literally do nothing. I add water. I'll reamend every time I open the tent. The plants are praying, and so it's just uh, that's I awesome. Really what got us motivated is is seeing that without all the
0: work. So definitely. So typically, what I do with all the guests, I ask three to five questions that I normally ask, and I would like to do that with you if you got a couple of minutes. We're, we're hitting yeah, the forty-five. 45 minute mark. I don't want to keep you longer than an hour are here. So we'll start wrapping things up. Yeah, let's know do it. You're, you're busy. So here we go. All right. Just sort everybody out there. And some people are curious. The number one question I always ask is how did you come across cannabis and where did you find it? And how old were you when you first tried it? Okay.
1: It's a good question. So I'm pretty transparent with all this. Um, I didn't really smoke in high school. I wasn't really a partier. A lot of my friends did no judgment. I hung out with all of them. I just felt like maybe I wasn't ready. I was, uh, younger i graduated when i was 17. my birthday is in september so it was kind of like keep him a year get him out of the house kind of thing and i was out of the house and mm-hmm. when i got into college actually a little before end of high school i'd like smoked at a party but by the time i got to college living with my roommate he was pretty regular stoner and i was like well i'll smoke sometimes on the weekends and that lasted like a week and then it's been over 20 years and i don't think i have missed a day it's just been part of my life and yeah I used to think that, oh, this is going to be a terrible thing, those people that smoke all the time. And then I realized as I started smoking more, I was like, oh, I get it. it. kind of wears off. You're not all spacey. It's like having a cup of coffee, but the opposite. So I like to drink coffee. I like to smoke a little weed. And I like to grow. And Definitely. when I was smoking a lot, and I lived in California at the time, before I moved to Colorado, the dispensaries were expensive, or your guy would be expensive. I mean, shit, it was expensive. It was a lot for a top shelf ounce and i would want it and i would go through it so homies would always split it we'd share with each other do whatever we could but it added up and so for me to yep. grow it was definitely like i want to have more quality i never want to be to the bottom of the jar and i just want to feel abundant but i don't want to pay 500 dollars a week something i just can't afford to keep that habit so right. growing was just a natural evolution of that and then when i moved to colorado um lots changed in my life i broke up an engagement changed pretty much everything in my life. And so the garden became like my my oasis, so to speak, from life. Definitely, definitely. And a lot of us can relate to that. And since I have that in my background because I was going through, you know, a harder time in life, and I could check on the plants. And they say to plant a seed is to believe in tomorrow, right? So you buy expensive seeds. They come in from overseas. You're already anticipating that. And then you're setting yep. up the light and then you're watching the seeds grow. And so literally the first six months of a grower's life, every fucking day is like a newborn baby experiencing new stuff. And I think that's what life is about. And Definitely. when you're doing it for 20 years and you're doing the same way, no-till, I found that the no-till is the only one that doesn't get boring to me. I'm watching cover crop, looking for worms. I feel like I can neglect it a little if I need to because I have a big container. I can go snowboarding or I can take a vacation and have somebody water it. Where when you do 24-7, 365, and you got some crazy sophisticated hydro set up, good luck telling your buddy to pH it all, measure out the nutrients, flush it for even a week while you're gone. And so then you have to shut down. And I'm like, man, I don't want to shut down. I just want 24-7, 365 growing. And so this living soil style, this build-a-soil way became – what fits my adult lifestyle to really create that relationship that I'm looking for. And it also gives me the relief where maybe I might feel like I have to shut down for a grow and living soil. I'm like, look, I'll just plant one plant this time instead of a dozen or something. And just, I can never not grow. Like, it's very hard for me. The last time I was shut down completely, I still had to grow here, but my wife went into hip surgery. We had to leave town for more than a month. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my mom's I'm going to put them outside. And just let them ride. And I came back, had a great harvest, but that was the only time, maybe in the last ten years, I've not had an indoor grow going at home. So,
0: definitely, definitely. Okay, and, you know. So that that's my second question. You know, you've been, you've met a lot of people, you've been a lot of places. You know, I'm just getting new into the industry and meeting people. But if you could smoke with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? And I want the first organic. Agrarianic- thought that comes to your mind and so this is strange the first random thought was my dad he's passed never smoked to them, don't know if he smoked but right. that'd be that'd be really fun that would be cool yeah i did get to smoke with my grandfather before he passed it was quite insane you know and and that was a memory for me you know we're riding down the road he had cancer he had a lot of things going on and riding down the road and my buddy's in the back seat and we're we're going to do a large what i call legacy market deposit. And, uh, it was a five hour drive north. And, uh, so near Canada, we'll just put it that way. And, uh, um, I, he, my grandpa always loved to ride, ride along, you know, just to see the stuff. It got him out of the house and he wasn't feeling good that day. And he goes, hits me on the shoulder as I'm driving. I'm just driving, minding my business, hitting it a couple of times. And he says, and I looked at him, I said, are you fucking serious right now. And he says, let me add that. And that was the end of it. He was back to smoking again to relieve his pain. And I thought it was wonderful, you know, because it was a, it was a bonding experiment for me, you know, definitely. And, uh, that I can relate, you know, and for sure, would that be, would that be together, you
1: know, I mean, you, you, you might have all these thoughts in your head about how you can't really slow down to have a, a conversation or how you're too busy in your life, especially as we have families and other things going on as we get older. Yep. And then you take a rip and you start digging into conversation and you kind of forget about the rest of the world and you're able to enjoy that personal connection. Exactly. Smoking with others is, it's huge. Definitely, um, definitely. You know,
0: yeah. So I, I just kind of want to end right there, you know, with on that note, what do you have going on? Anything you want to let the audience know where to find you? I'm sure they already do because it's not hard to find you, but um, definitely. Uh, what do you, what can we expect from you coming in the next couple of months? I see you're doing some things with veggies. Yep. So we've got
1: our tropical 10 by 10 where we're doing house plants and tropical plants and veggies. So we've got our vegetable farm which we're going to be running a little bit lower pace this year but still focusing on like tomatoes and some of the really fun ones um then we're kicking off season five of our YouTube series for our 10 by 10 grow and we're going to add a four by four grow tent because for like eight years I was growing in a four by four tent for Instagram okay in build, yeah. build a soil away. and then I got this idea that man I could teach a lot more in a bigger tent because I could show each quadrant has a different way to do the build a soil style and teach in one grow, what it would take me four grows to teach. And now people are saying, well, that's just some big luxurious tent. You don't have to grow in this little tent like I do. And I'm like, what? That's all I did forever. I just did this to show more. Right. So <clears throat> one, we're going to do three of the quadrants and the 10 by 10, three different ways. One of the quadrants, we're going to grow in smaller containers. We're going to grow an AutoPot XXL, it's not small, it's pretty big, an earth box, and a similar size grassroots with a blue mat. So three different automated watering ones oh yeah that carnivorous plants I really want to try I see somebody pop that up here um many people have mentioned that I can't I really want to try it I've never grown any Uh, and then we're that open quadrant because we're only doing three out of four in the 10 by 10 area the four quadrants um we pulled it out we're going to put that into a four by four tent using I think a fifth cycle three by three bed from our take and bake kit where we made soil like you did with your hands and it's on its fifth cycle. It did great on its fourth cycle. We're going to move that into the four by four and give that huge better run with some auto flowers, which we're not really auto guys, but the genetics have come so far these days. And so Definitely. many of our customers, they just want to have an auto flower and pop off some flavors and then close it up and then do it again later. So we're going to do a three by three bed and really show it. And so look out for that awesome. YouTube channel. Um, if you guys are into that, we, you know, as a company, not a lot of, not a lot of businesses that offer products, not a lot of them grow. And right. it's fascinating. They'll they'll offer all these different products and they don't grow any cannabis for themselves or they don't even smoke. And so then they're looking for reps or people like you to kind of share how their products work. Yep. And so I still want everybody to do that. But also I want to lead the pack. I want to be on the front spearheading this saying we are growers, for growers, by growers every day doing this. And now I can't get everybody to have the same success we have. I think everybody should have the same opportunity we have. And sharing this message means that everyone can do it. So,
0: yes, yes. And that's the same thing. You know, I, I, uh, I'm kind of like, kind of like you guys, you know, I I support two dispensaries in town and we are getting ready to approach our 20th. We, I call it the medical mile because it, and we actually have a medical mile. That's all hospitals an hour from here. That is nothing but hospitals. But now in my town, the Medical Mile is now known as dispensary run. That's the only way I can explain it. And out of them two, there's only two micro grows. And they are people just as myself, people I know from my community that somehow got the investment to get the licensing and created the business and they're growers and they're doing it firsthand, just like we are digging in the soil every day. And that's the only yeah. two I support out of all 20. It's and I it's sad, but at the same time, you know, I, I like I like I explained to them, and they said, Well, our demographic is mostly the older people, you know. I'd love to see the senior citizens get into it, like my grandfather, because that's who taught me. So for them to get back into it, they already have the green thumb, you know, and I I continue to. Sp- that you know don't 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 judge by age because people of all different demographics are growing this plant yeah absolutely and it's important too because they may not have the same access to the network that
1: we do based on right in life and their desire to be on social media or whatever so they're just going to trust the local grow shop Um, definitely and like you said when i was in california going to the dispensary you'd go to like a second level of like some strip mall commercial place and there'd be like eight dispensaries in a row in each building yep. that have like signs on the window for what was fresh yep. that day or you'd have your own personal like one you went to The one i went to had a lot of really good outdoor flowers from norcal and it seems like they were just had the fire and so i would go to this one in particular um but it still adds up and i still think that growing your own is the best um we yes. have a customer out of new mexico carver family farm they've got a micro license and they have a flooded market a year and a half ago there was no herb and you you could sell anything And then they released all the licenses and now this year the whole market's flooded nobody can sell a thing at least at at a good price well they're still doing great because they've got a micro license they're using living soil they're growers by growers for growers and they harvest and they trim and they sell it in their own facility all vertically integrated so that they have the flowers growing they've got the dispensary right there they package it you come in it's literally like working with a grower and i think that's why they're sold out still is because they've got quality and because they care and they've got good genetics and they build relationships. And so um I still think there's going to be an artisanal you know part of this even with the dispensaries and if those exist Definitely. it would be great. I would love to try a different flavor from a grower that Definitely. I've trust. but where I live there's no more licenses there's only two dispensaries because they put a cap on the law
0: and now they can yep. literally sell any of the dirtiest shit there's no competition so Same I don't You know, it's ridiculous, you know, and I I don't want to hold you too long, but now you got me I'm in the conversation just a little bit. You know, our local one here, I won't say any names, but we all know who they are. They, they've got big signs out front. They just put them out last week. They can't, they don't ever have a car in the parking lot now. None of these places. And it's sad and it really is that, that, but it's good at the same time, because us as legacy growers we're putting a hurting on them. I, I don't care what they say. And we are. And, uh, you know, they've got signs out 40% off flower, 50% off flower. And I'm like, man, just I can't believe that it's dropped out that low. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. You know, yeah. definitely. You uh, know, there's
1: always going to be demand for this. It's a very unique plant. Yeah. And I think yeah. those of us that know, we know, and we're going to grow. And then we don't have to involve ourselves in that whole world. And that's part of the beauty, you know. So Definitely. Definitely. Man, this has been I don't, great. If you've got questions yeah, you awesome. anything along the way, I can't wait to hear you pop those up and get them out of the tub Definitely. and see how it goes. And man, Definitely. worst case, if you have an issue after all of it, I'll be
0: here. Okay, um, I'm stoked to see yeah, you. This, yeah, yeah. Me too. I appreciate all your advice, the support along the way. You know, this is a learning experience for me, and I appreciate your guidance. I appreciate your time this afternoon or this morning. Um, and. With that being said, thank you for coming on the Organically Blunt show and you enjoy the rest of your morning. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you.
2: You've been listening to the Organically Blunt Show, a cannabis lifestyle podcast that's raw, uncut, and unedited. Thanks for listening to the show. We would like to give thanks to this episode's partners Grow Strong Industries, the mother brand of Gorilla Grow Tint, Kind LED, and Lotus Nutrients. Use coupon code Organically Blunt, Seedsman Seeds, a trusted seed bank with over 20 years in the industry. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Ten Horticulture Lighting Group HLG Real Efficiency Real Yields and Made in the USA. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Rain Science Grow Bags One of a Kind Mesh Grow Bags that eliminate problems and increase yields. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Grow Bags The Best Curing Solution to Save Terps. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Captain Redbeard Seeds. Genetics that are loyal to the soil. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Humboldt Seed Company. Humboldt's original seed. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Fishhead Farms. The maker of fish shit. The most robust beneficial bacteria on the market. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Sofim Genetics. Quality genetics at a fair price. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Green Wolf Genetics. These genetics come from a wolf pack that runs with quality and no BS. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Utopic Essential Nutrients. Discover the truth. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. Stream gardening. World leading mycorrhizal fungi. Dry tents because we all need a place to dry that harvest. Use coupon code Organically Blunt. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Organically Blunt or on Social Club at Organically Blunt. You can reach us also via email at organicallyblunt at gmail.com. Organically Blunt can be found where you listen to podcasts such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, and Apple Podcasts. See you next time on The Organically Blunt Show.